0: Hello, welcome to the Hog on the Hill podcast. My name is Caleb Stewart. I'm joined by Cade Massey and David Dilavu. Is that how you pronounce it?
1: Bingo, brother.
0: All righty. It's
1: We're going to We're just going to leave it. <laughs> right. going to leave it.
2: All right. Uh what's the first order of business? All Coaching
1: right. Coaching search. <laughs> Football. Coaching All right.
0: search. Yeah. As everybody knows, this weekend, Chad Morris was relieved of his duties uh the head coaching position due to another horrible loss, and this time to Western Kentucky at home to former Razorback quarterback Ty Story.
2: Yeah, so I always like to point out before we start, you know, going crazy, uh, I'm really glad that Chad is fired. Considering that his former quarterback has more SEC wins than he does, <laughs> and that's that never
1: is, a good thing.
2: That's not a good thing at all, especially when that when he's beating him by one and he only has one. <laughs> so, I am very relieved that he is no longer our head coach. I really wanted him to be good, to be honest, but we all did. Yeah. He had
1: a soulful.
2: Yeah, I mean, his recruiting was impressive. But, like, I just felt like we couldn't do anything. We were just helpless.
0: I just feel like he never got this team on his side. I feel as if guys like Dev Whaley. he said on a tweet the day Chad Morris was fired, he said, you reap what you sow. Uh, Cole Kelly said something similar. Uh, Just former players coming out. Uh, just against Chad Morris and uh, what he was doing there at Arkansas. And that just makes you think that he really never unified his players with Brett's players to make it one team to where they wanted to play for each other and him. So, I mean, you can't have a team that's not going to play for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah,
2: all of his players are just definitely not in it or definitely weren't in it. I don't know. I'd like to see, you know, how uh, these next couple of games are going to go. How are they going to come out and play? because we're facing number one LSU next week. Um, and that's definitely going to be a big one. That's a big <laughs> team. And uh, the quarterback position is completely – it's like, you know, very up for grabs from what I've seen. But they're da- they're not going to tell us really until around game time from what I've been seeing. I would so like to fair, see KJ, think... but, you know.
1: I mean, who's to say – I mean, what – Nobody really has a clue what Lonnie's gonna do. Nobody does. He's the wild card in this whole situation we're in right now.
0: Yeah, he is for sure. Uh, what do you What do you guys feel about him being named interim? I don't think there's a guy on that staff that's better suited than him.
1: The only uh, other guy that I actually even thought about it, other than other than Lenny was probably Justin. Yeah.
0: Possibly, yeah. I thought about uh, I thought about Caldwell as well, uh, oh, wow. just from his just from his previous uh, experience. But yeah, uh, Barry Lenny, I just feel was like by far the the most sensible guy to choose in this situation. Well, I mean, like
2: Barry Lenny's had a lot of success with his you know tight ends with his, you know Shino O'Grady and Hunter Henry, and you know Jeremy Sprinkle. Jeremy Sprinkle and,
0: brought in yeah. Hudson.
2: Exactly, like, uh, he's just had success even when we were bad, and I feel like he deserves it for sure, just because he's never never taken a slump in his, you know, recruiting game and his coaching, so.
1: And just from the tweets and stuff from the former players, and even the players that are currently there, like, talking about how cool of a coach he is, like, how good of a guy he is, and all this.
2: Yeah, yeah. he got a standing ovation uh, whenever he addressed the team after, you know, Chad Morris got fired. So, they definitely has a lot of respect and uh, a lot of – I feel like we're going to see more effort just because the team is more, I guess, willing to play for him. They're going to be
0: more unified.
2: Yes, for sure. I like to see, you know, how he does run the offense – I've heard rumors of uh the walk on playing i forget his name
1: jack lindsay jack jack
0: lindsay, lindsay. Yes. he's a he's a walk on uh Another and Barry problem. lenny said he's the smartest quarterback on the team he said that multiple times
2: yeah um apparently he's been doing some impressive things in practice so who knows? Maybe we'll see a walk-on playing mm. against LSU. That would be, be kind of that would be <laughs> pretty, okay. Okay.
1: I'm not gonna lie. That would be pretty freaking wild.
2: No, think about think about his mindset if he got to start going in that game. You're you're a walk-on. <laughs> Nobody knows who you are. You come into a number one ranked LSU off of their like all-time high, of beating Alabama. Okay, at night. And it's a rival game. And we're you're definitely expected to lose. Like, we're not even – I mean, I'm not saying we won't score, but I don't really – I'm not ex- necessarily expecting us to score. <laughs> right. I mean, their defense is ferocious. Their offense is even more ferocious than their defense is.
0: Their defense is ferocious. Uh, they'll probably sack a few times. But one thing about their defense is they do give up certain big plays. And that's where we'll have to strike – We'll have to give off a big run from K.J. Jefferson. We'll have to, like – well, we're going to have to throw slant routes, these short routes, and I don't think we've done a good job of throwing those this year. L.A. the bottom 15 in the entire FBS in defending slant routes.
2: Yes, I would say um, another thing we probably need to, like, definitely, definitely work on as far as defense goes is our corner position – They've just been kind of standing back, it's felt like, and like, it seems like most high school quarterbacks can throw slant plays, and they can get five yards, and that's not something you want to see from a college coach, especially in the SEC, so that's definitely something we need to look for, uh, see if they improve on.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, like you said, our cornerbacks give way too much space. Uh, I don't know how John Chavis hasn't noticed that yet. Uh, That entire defensive staff, I don't know how they haven't noticed that we give up seven, eight, nine-yard plays because our cornerbacks play 11 yards back. And so if a guy just runs a little curl route, that's an easy seven, eight yards. If they just wanted to do that the entire game, they could. And then – I, rarely we even adjust at all. But when we do adjust, they they then throw it deep on us.
2: I mean, you saw these great teams abusing us doing that, like Alabama. Like, you literally – I don't think I saw them throw it downfield, but maybe a couple times. Like, it was all slant routes and running. And the QB running is also something that's been a struggle <laughs> this whole year. Just, you know, we if they ran the quarterback, we it seems like we couldn't stop them before they got that, a first down.
1: Buddy, that's not – that's – that's been more than a this year problem. That's been a
0: problem for, for a better, part <laughs> my,
1: a problem better part of my That's been a problem
0: since early – <laughs> yeah, my, my entire life, really. Uh, but Arkansas this year is historically bad in stopping the run. I didn't think it could get any worse than that Auburn game a couple years back or maybe it was last year, but uh, I think it was two years ago. Cameron Petway, you know, he just bulldozed us, ran over us for like 250 yards him alone i didn't think it could get any worse than that and then you turn around to the mississippi state game then western kentucky and it just it just stone piles man it's now we're here at lsu and they got the best quarterback in the nation eisman contender uh elite receivers and you know we're one of the bottom defenses not just in the league but in the country
2: yeah I mean, and then there's those games like the Kentucky game where a wide receiver came in as quarterback and threw the ball like six times, it seemed like, and
0: just ran the whole time. That's how you – know. that's you know.
1: when the warning sign was, okay, it, it's time to get Chad out of here.
0: Yeah, at least John Chavis at that point is what I thought. I wasn't – I'm still not convinced Chad was completely the problem, and I don't think he was all the problem. Obviously, getting beat down by Western Kentucky is – uh reason to be fired, but you know, I just I just always thought that the blame also fell a lot on John Chavis. His defense was, his defenses were so bad, and you had talent. Guys like last year, last year you got Dre Greenlaw, Dajon Harris, Sosa Game, TJ Smith. You have talent. Ryan Pooley, you had guys last year that were talented, and this year that were talented, mixed with the young guys. Right. And they got, and they got some reps last year not many but a few
1: then you stay uh, like guys drake like
2: yeah drake in the NFL
0: he's he's doing fantastic and right.
2: he got a uh, you know he got an interception uh last night or not last night but a Monday
0: couple of days football. ago
2: in overtime i believe to make sure that they didn't lose i mean they ended up losing anyways but drake linlad did his best
0: yeah, sure their they their kicker, their kicker choked. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah. You know, no. <laughs>
1: I, I I would prefer not to talk about that at this present time. That was horrible.
0: <laughs> you a 49ers fan? Yes. Oh, oh man. okay. That's that's tough. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. As far well, as like I was saying,
2: as far as the coaching position goes, I don't know who we're getting, but they just need to as long as Don Shavis ain't here, uh, I mean, I don't see our defense getting any worse.
0: <laughs> right.
2: anything,
1: it'd get better. Uh, At this point, you basically have to just do a clean sweep. I mean, with the exception of, of, of Step and Lenny and maybe Trailer, I, I think you pretty much got a clean house.
2: Yeah, I would completely agree with that.
0: I would agree, too. You know, you, you got to. You might want to think about keeping Trailer in step, like you said, and Lunny just because Lunny recruits those Arkansas guys so well. He just he just knows where the talent is in the state, and he gets those guys, and it seems it, like, year after year. And
1: The thing better for us, I think, is not only keeping him, but kind of switching his duties around. I know he was really good. With- now, just think how good he was at recruiting with tight ends, but if he did it with a group of – the position group that he actually
0: played. Yeah, hmm. I mean, he played he played quarterback. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, he started for several years. Uh, he was kind of throwing in his freshman year under an interim season. So uh, that was – that's that's kind of cool to me. You know, he, he played under an interim coach, and now he became the interim head coach himself. Right. Uh, but aside from that, if we retain him, then I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to kind of move him over to that quarterback position. You know, uh, he's right. obviously a great recruiter. He knows what he's talking about. His and dad always, was a head coach.
1: And we always have had trouble keeping the in-state quarterbacks.
0: Yes, for sure. And, I mean, you look you look around. You got a guy like Criswell right now that's committed to North Carolina. Yep. And the reason we're not getting him is because Chad wanted his boy.
2: Mm. <laughs> and now that the same boy – is no longer committed to us neither and, and not even just him there's nobody from Texas that's rec- that's committed to us anymore. Yeah, we, we lost all this, seven of them.
0: They're all is, gone.
1: Is there even any borderline Arkansas quarterback quarterbacks in the state of Arkansas that are worth taking a chance on? Like No.
0: no. There's not there's none of the SEC talent that's left. I mean, you, I'm not if we get the Perfect, perfect coach, and he somehow comes in here and gets Criswell to decommit from North Carolina and come here, which he definitely won't. Uh, but, you know, you can hope. If he does that, Criswell has elite arm strength. He runs a 4-4. And just imagine him in a spread offense.
1: I just, I just hate – the thing I hate about all of this is if we'd have just been a few more years ahead of the curve because we'd end – We'd had a real good shot at guys like, like you said, like Criswell. Jerry Bohannon last year, like.
0: Oh, yeah. Now he's at Baylor. He's behind uh, Charlie Brewer. Right. uh, Who's been a good quarterback for Baylor. Obviously, they've only lost one game. But, you know, Bohannon has next there at Baylor. And we lost out on him. We lost out on Criswell. And for what, really? For absolutely nothing.
2: Yeah. All I really, really want. In the coaching position, like, whoever we get, I just want him to hire a good staff, be good at at recruiting quarterbacks, and just play good offense, and have, like, whoever he hires for defense needs to just at least be opportunistic, you know what I'm saying? It's like, even if they're not the best defense in the world, maybe they'll have a turnover.
1: At least be middle of the road.
2: yeah. Like, personally, like, I'm a Saints fan, so, like, the way our defense is is we get turnovers. We're not necessarily the best defense in the world, but we get turnovers, which makes our offense go out on the field, which is obviously the best part, you know, of our football.
0: So, and, hey, that's uh, that's what John Chavis's defense was supposed to be. They were supposed to create a lot of turnovers, get a lot of sacks, uh, create a lot of just uh, – chaos in the backfield. They were supposed to do that, but they just never did. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I did see a lot more. I feel I feel like I've seen more picks and then more fumbles, you know. But, like, it didn't matter because most of the time when I saw that, we were either down 10 or 20 or 30 or in some cases 40.
1: Goodness. so What a mess.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, John Chavis, I, I don't know what chad was thinking he promised our guys the best defensive coordinator in the country and obviously uh that's that's not john chavis i think every single fan and uh, i don't want to say with a mind but every single fan that looked at it in a realistic manner saw that he was just washed what he did at texas a&m agree you know, with all that talent that he just couldn't get it rolling there what makes them think that he could do it at arkansas what made chad think that right it's almost like he just had a—he uh, had to make a last-minute decision because he didn't get his guy at defensive coordinator, and he panicked, hit the panic button, and went after John Chavis just because he was available.
1: Yeah. Sometimes the guys that are available are available for a reason. <laughs> well, on
2: that note, y'all want to go ahead and just go to basketball? Let's go for it.
0: Okay, so Arkansas beat the North Texas Mean Green 66-43. It was an impressive win. Our defense went out there, and they just dominated from the beginning to the end. Yeah,
2: I would say uh, they did really, really well. Um, to quote um, Eric Musselman, uh he thought that North Texas was disciplined. Uh, they didn't take bad shots. Uh, they were a really good defensive team, and they were a quality opponent. And that's what he said in his uh, press conference after the game. Uh, I would definitely agree with him. He also said um, a seven-point lead on that team is like a 14-point lead on another team just because of how good their defense was. And you could definitely see that whenever they were playing us because we were struggling to get points at a certain point in the game. So
1: I'm, t- I'm torn trying to decide what that team's really going to be looking like at the end of the year because there were points of that game that made them look like they could be a really good team just because of their defense but there were other points of that game where they looked like they could be really really bad because of the lack of offense
0: i think it's a tale of both of those you're going to look at their defense and say wow this is a you know they might be a top 15 team in the country defensively by the end of the year but offensively they were just I mean, credit Arkansas's defense. Though we were doing really good closing out, we were pressuring really well in the half court set. Uh, we were just taking away the three ball from them really well, and uh, they didn't overpower us inside, other than rebounding as far as uh, getting shots up on us. So
1: they were well, they're definitely
2: they're definitely not you know a bad team. They, I mean, they they lost to VCU by three, and they just beat you know all or not it wasn't Auburn, it was LSU. They beat LSU. So they're definitely not a bad team, uh, by any means. But as far as the offensive goes, that's basically going to be de- uh, to be determined. As far as there, um how well they're going to do.
1: There were really there were some really funny points in that game, though. Especially listening to it on radio with Coach Zimmerman, uh, <laughs> like, he, he was like. I think we were, like, eight minutes in to, like, eight minutes away from, like, the final buzzer of the game. And he's like, you could give these guys another 15 minutes and they wouldn't score 50 points. (laughs) Well, I mean, they scored 43
0: in the whole game. I was listening to
1: the game at work and I was almost in tears,
0: dude. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, 43 points, that's just over one point per minute. So... I mean, and like to credit, you know,
2: the Arkansas's, you know, defense, Eric Musselman teaches this certain style of the players put their hands in their, like, line of sight between them and the basket,
0: which I think is
2: super smart because if I'm up trying to go and shoot a three and my hand, I can't even see the basket, like, how are you going to make that?
1: That's professional defense.
2: Yeah. It is, yeah. Solid defense and i felt like we did good you know around uh, the perimeter for sure uh and on the pass defense too there was a couple of times where we got a good a good steal and everything like like we just did phenomenal in the defensive end
1: let me ask y'all this fans <clears throat> i know it's early and i know it's only been north texas and uh, yes and who was the first one? I'm forget. I'm drawing a blank here. Rice.
0: Rice. Okay. Yes. Rice. I know.
1: I know. It's pretty obvious that those ha- teams have offensive, offensive, offensive deficiencies. Goodness gracious! But do you think that this team defensively could be, maybe not this year, maybe not even next year, but down the road? sin is how Musselman's coaching this team. Being a type that's going to be like a West Virginia or a or a or a Virginia, like with with the way they play like defense, and pretty much going to be a defensive team to win games.
0: Well, uh, personally, I think that it's going to be kind of a kind of a mix defensively between a Virginia and West Virginia, like you were saying. Uh, West Virginia just runs that; yeah, they run that good old fashioned press. They try to create turnovers. Virginia, they more so just <sighs> choke you to death in the half-court sets that they run defensively to where you're just not going to score, and then they go down and chew up the whole shot clock.
1: I never thought I would say I was okay with that, but I think I'm okay with
2: that. Well, I would not I would say we wouldn't be as fast as West Virginia, just because West Virginia is one of the fastest programs as far as, like, you know, they they hit you pretty hard consistently. Like-
1: my biggest thing is I would love to have that style of defense that Virginia runs, but, like, the way they play offensively drives me up the wall.
0: Well, that's definitely not what Arkansas is. I feel, I feel like we try to force turnovers more than Virginia would, which is why I said it's kind of a mix between yeah. the West Virginia and Virginia styles. You know, this is the Arkansas style of defense now. You know, we, we're going to try to create some turnovers. We're going to try to close out well. We're going to try to pick up guys. We're not going to give up the three ball. Uh, I feel like Arkansas, even this year, could end the year as one of the best perimeter defensive teams in the entire nation.
2: Yeah, and I can definitely, uh, as as a unit, I feel like there's this this I don't know buzz as far as like in Bud Walton. There's something about it, just you know, Adriel Bailey doing that pull up dunk. I mean, he got called, you know, with a tech, but. I'm personally okay with it because it got the bud rocking. It got the bud going crazy. Cuz it got me out of my seat and I was sitting in my dorm room watching the game on my phone. <laughs> so it it's it's that kind those kind of things that just make you like love this team. So
1: there's a different I, I'm not going to lie. There's a different feel to this season already, like it just feels different. Like I'm not saying it's a championship feel, but it's like something, something's there.
2: Well, I would say it's this electric, you know, just the electric feeling of like, man, we could actually do something. Like it, I don't, I don't feel like we're in this endless pit of NIT tournaments and maybe NCAA if we're lucky. <laughs> so and get
1: beat in the second round.
2: Yeah, or the
0: first round.
1: Right. <laughs> Ridiculous. but yeah, hey all the better days, right?
0: Yep, yep, that's what we're hoping for. and Muss I, I think they I think he really has his team going in the right direction. Uh, just early on, I can just see a difference in chemistry. These guys, these guys really love each other. They want to go out there and fight for each other. I'm seeing guys go out there hustle for boards, box out guys eight inches taller than them. You know, Desi had six rebounds the other night against North Texas. And, you know, several of them, he, he had to box out somebody way bigger than him. Uh, one time he boxed out a center, got the board uh, yes. over him. And that's just heart and determination. You know, uh, Desi, he was known as that guy last year that was going to fight. But, you know, this year I'm seeing it even more so out of him. You can tell he's worked. He's in even better shape. Uh, you know, what? he's just a leader on this team.
1: I'm drawing a blank again here. Uh, Is Mason a senior this year?
2: Junior. Junior, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Isaiah is a sophomore, I believe. Um, Yes, he is. But they're both doing really well. Um, Mason Jones had uh, 16 points, uh, six rebounds, and two assists. Um, He shot nine for nine at the free throw line, which that was definitely a good positive for us.
0: Absolutely. Uh, one thing I drew from this game was Arkansas shot 20 of 24 at the free throw line. Yeah. And if you would have told me we would have shot that in even one game last year, I would have been ecstatic.
1: Because yes, free throw definitely.
0: shooting cost us last year, multiple Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Absolutely. And seeing this team come out shooting a good percentage from the free throw stripe. Here's all, here's all, the, here's all the guys on the team. Jalen Harris, two for two. That was a problem for him. Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe both shot 100%. Desi was three of five. Witt was three of four. Bailey was one of two. Uh, And, you know, a guy like Adrio or a guy like Jalen, you'll you'll maybe take one out of two every once in a while. But since they're starting to make more of their free throws now, that's definitely going to help us down the stretch of games because they're more of the driving types. They're going to be inside a lot more than – a guy like Isaiah or Mason would be, although Mason drew, you know, nine free throws, so.
2: Well, and then you have, you know, Isaiah Joe, who during the uh, North Texas game shot 66.7% from three-point like, three range. That's very solid. And he's averaging 75.6, you know, the, on the year. I mean, it's two games, but, like, he shot four for six against North Texas from the three-point line. That's, that's pretty efficient. I mean mm-hmm. – and then he shot five for nine in the, like, you know, field goal. That's that's also very efficient. I mean, whenever you're making half your shots or a little bit more than half your shots, like that's that's definitely a, a good thing, something you want to see out of a, a Razorback team.
1: Definitely. Like, yeah. Uh, the thing I've noticed a lot more about – this team in particular so far this year is that they just seem more focused.
2: Yeah, well, we had, um, I feel like we've been doing pretty good. Definitely the pressure, like we've already said. Um, you could see like the effort with the players. Like whenever they contest shots, you know how like people will just come up and they'll put their hand up. Well, I'm seeing players like with like jumping with full force, and I feel like that just throws off players. Because if I'm a guy, and I'm I'm used to a guy just walking up and putting his hand up, if I get a guy throwing his body at me, that throws me off.
0: And they're doing it without fouling. Yes, the they're perimeter. doing it without.
2: Yeah, exactly. They're doing it really, really, really well. And on top of That's that, with the that big hand part. defense. Yeah, it's all about effort, and just what they do when they go on that court. I mean, I... Yeah, the main thing is, though, defense for sure. Um, I know during the Rice game we struggled on turnovers. Um, I know Eric has addressed that, and he said he his goal is to have nine or less turnovers in the game. Uh, we had 10 against North Texas, so he's getting pretty close of achieving that. So I'm, I'm definitely confident on that.
1: Who's uh, we, who do situation. we
0: have next game? Montana. We got Montana at home at 4 o'clock tomorrow. That's right. Yes. It is not going to be on TV. Uh, you know, it's Saturday football stuff. Uh, it's going to be on SEC Network Plus. Uh, Montana is Montana is a pretty good team. Let's let's go ahead and switch focus to Montana. They're not they're not necessarily great. You know, Arkansas should win this game by double digits easily, but you don't want to overlook them. And I know they're not. Uh, Montana has a guy by the name of. Uh, Shaheem Pridget. He's a very good player. Uh he actually won Big Sky Player of the Week this past week. He averaged twenty-three and a half points, five assists, and seven and a half rebounds last week by himself, and he's he's a six five guard.
2: Gotcha. So what you're saying is we need to try and go lock him down as fast as possible because he <laughs> seems like their main threat.
0: Eric and Eric knows that too. Uh, He's watched film. He, uh, Eric actually recruited him in Nevada. Uh, he'll, he'll go down into the post and if he gets a mismatch on a smaller guard, he'll post him up and try to get a bucket that way. Uh, he doesn't take a ton of three point shots though. Am I? Uh, he's mainly, a. yeah,
2: I've, I've definitely, they, like, our team definitely will know his name by game time. Uh, from what I've seen, from all the things I've looked into as far as Eric Musselman, the way he prepares his team is he grabs all these, you know, the clippets of the all the highlights, the highlight plays, the every single shot is made kind of. he does He never lets them see a bad play for the other team. So he's giving his team the mentality of, you know, they're coming in here playing, you know, the Lakers. But they're not the Lakers. So they're playing like they're about to go, uh, you know, have to face LeBron and AD. But in all reality, they're facing Montana. So that's why we've been seeing those 49-point games. So, like, they haven't seen them miss or turn over the ball once until that game clock starts.
1: And maybe I'm wrong here, but I can swear that that would be a team that that Musselman would have faced in in the past before when he was at Nevada.
2: It's very possible.
0: Um, I'm not sure. I'm, I, I really don't know. I couldn't tell you without looking it up. But uh, man, he, he knows good. the team, though. He knows some guys on the team, yeah. like Shaiid Bridget. Uh, their main main source of scoring for sure, and he's very good rebounding guard. Very good rebounding guard.
1: I think we'll see Jalen Harris on him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Whenever, whenever he subs out for Jimmy, for sure, uh, Jimmy's going to be on him for sure uh, to start the game, uh, simply because of size. If we put a guy like Desi on him, even Isaiah, uh, he might go and back him down because he's he's real strong. He can score in the paint really well for a guard. Uh, he plays a lot bigger than what he is, so I think we'll have Jimmy or Mason on him to start the game, and whenever you get your subs in, we'll see. Yeah,
2: and another thing that uh we definitely need to look for as far as fans is like, are they getting rebounds? Because we're a very small team. Uh, losing Reggie Chaney definitely did not help us. Uh, not having Connor's eligibility
1: definitely did not help us.
2: I mean, losing, our biggest guys. The
1: season didn't help us.
2: Yeah, just all those you know factors. We just need to have effort, like Jimmy Witt. Definitely has effort. Uh, you see him coming on the court, you know, definitely, definitely, you know, having that mentality of, oh, I, I need to step up because we don't have size. And that's just how it works, you know. But, yeah, that's definitely what we need to look up. I know they did drills on Thursday and Friday's practice uh, for rebounding because we definitely struggled in that because they had 10 more rebounds than we did as a team. So that's not that's not good. And that was against uh, North Texas so
0: montana does run a uh, lineup with two guards two normal guards kind of like arkansas does and they have a big guard in Shaid Pridget, who's their best player on the team for sure and then they run two power forwards um one of them six eight one of them six nine so uh, we'll most likely have adrio on the six nine guy and uh, we, we might have to start somebody like Gene Tall or something this week uh, just to compete with size down low because th- this is a pretty big team from the three to the five spot compared to Arkansas. Let me
1: ask a random ask- question right now, but, like, is there anybody that we haven't really pl- – in a situation where we really haven't played that we expected to play yet this year?
0: I definitely expected Ethan to get more minutes. Oh, for sure.
2: Um, another weird thing, uh, Mason's been playing the four spot a lot and that's kind of opened our offense up is what I've kind of seen.
0: It's so, opened our offense up. Yeah. The
1: yeah. Thing I it, would like to see with him is playing more of the three than anything.
0: I mean, we're kind of, I mean, we're forced to do with what we got. Cause especially with Reggie, you know, messing up and getting suspended. Uh, we only have one guy that's over six, six really. And you I know, know Adriel, Adriel Bailey's a six, eight guy, but you look at our bench, we only played Jalen Harris and Gene Tossilla last game. And Silla is it around the same size as Witt.
1: It almost makes you feel like we need to get more minutes to Ethan Henderson one way or another.
0: Once we start playing teams that are bigger, if we don't have Reggie back still uh, for some reason, uh, Ethan will definitely need to get those minutes just for a defensive purpose yeah uh because you know we can't play a Mason Jones against uh, or at the four. We can't play him against a team that has a center who's six eleven and a power forward who's six nine. you know he just can't guard a big six nine guy like that. What? So once we start playing those teams with multiple big men in their lineup, uh, that's when we'll really need to start
2: the way, well, uh, the way we, we have size. There's... We have size in our as far as position. But I wouldn't say we have size as far as, you know, height. Like, in our – like, certain positions, we're a little above average. But the center position, we're obviously not even close. I think – so.
1: I think what we're really trying to go for right now is more of, like, what the Phoenix Suns are doing right now with kind of mix-matching a bunch of guards and some – and undersized forwards.
0: Mm -hmm. That's why they can score at such a high pace. They don't play defense. But they can score at a high, high rate, and you see Arkansas even with this lack of size playing really good defense to start out. So that's really reassuring considering we're playing a kind of a fast lineup who can kind of outspeed some some of the other team. Uh, whenever you got like a Mason Jones at the four, uh, you know him him on the outside. You know he can shake and bake. He can get to the rim. He can shoot the ball. You know if you put a four on him, he's not going to be able to guard him.
1: All I know is if they have a dude that looks like JJ Redick, we better be double covering him. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's all I'm saying.
2: On your point about like we do look like the Phoenix Suns as far as that goes. Well, they they've lost DeAndre Ayton, uh, as some people might know. Um, like we lost Connor Vanhover. Well, he might gain eligibility. Uh, if he does, um, submit another waiver.
0: I mean, he he's gonna appeal. I mean, yeah. he's appealing, but. Uh, You know, usually appeals don't exactly work out very well, and considering we're about to be into our third game of the season, uh, it's not giving me a ton of – you said what?
1: I said I almost feel like he's better off red this year just to get a little bit more uh, experience in the system and, and to be able to put some more weight on and stuff like that.
0: And here's the deal with his three years of eligibility that he has. Which three years matter more, this year and two years afterwards, Or the next three years with uh, guys coming in like Moses and KK, possibly. Uh, Devontae Davis. (laughs) Mason Jones is going to be back next year, probably. Yeah. Uh, You're going to have a really good team in the next few years, and Connor might mesh well better in those three years than he will this year.
2: I
1: absolutely
0: agree. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I agree as well. Um, Another thing as far as, like, you know, recruiting, um, I know – there's been a couple of dates announced. Uh, the 23rd of November, Jalen Williams will be announcing his commitment to either Auburn or Arkansas. Um, KK Robinson on the 28th of November will be announcing if he's going to pick Kansas or Arkansas. Um, and then Chris Moore uh, on the 16th of November, which I believe is tomorrow. Tomorrow. It is tomorrow. Yeah, he will be announcing uh, his commitment between Memphis and Arkansas. Or right. so.
1: Or, or Auburn. Auburn, yes.
2: Or Auburn, yes. Um. So, what do y'all think about Chris Moore um, tomorrow? You think he's coming to the, the Bayville? I think after,
1: uh, I think after this whole Memphis thing with Wiseman came out, I think he's going to be a little leery maybe. And, I, and I'm not saying he's going to go to Arkansas, and he very well could go to Memphis, but I, I've been sitting here thinking for weeks now, why is Auburn still there? Why is Auburn still there? Then you look at Jalen Williams, at his second is Auburn, and they've repeatedly mentioned that they would like to play together. So, I mean.
2: That I is true.
1: Weird, I've had this weird feeling about Auburn with Chris Moore for quite a while now. I don't know if I'm this paranoid or what. but
0: I've, I've been wondering why Auburn was still there, too. They seem like they're the least likely to get him just as far as – You know, them not being his home state, them being all the way in Alabama, uh, not being close to the school. Uh, You know, Fayetteville and Memphis are certainly closer than Auburn, Alabama is. Uh, But, you know, it's just lingering there. And so is it for Jalen Williams. And it just feels like since those two want to play together, they might just have Auburn and Arkansas on both their lists just to kind of create some discussion.
2: Uh, Personally, like... I got the honor to meet Jalen Williams at the Rice game and uh, every single time I looked over at him and he was I just could see him enjoying it. He was not really trying to show it you know because he's there on a, on a on a visit you know and like fans got fans you know they went up to him and like you know recognized him some of, some people didn't he was kind I feel like he was shocked you know because as a recruit you don't think people are gonna recognize you. But I guess that really shows that, you know, uh, as a fan base, we care. And when that happens, like, especially whenever you beat a, a team by 49 um, with a bunch of exclamation points uh, in front of one of your top recruits, like, it really shows, like, it makes me want to go there. You know, it may, like it makes anyone want to go there. I, I kind of feel really confident in Jalen Williams' uh, He's not too far from Fayetteville. He lives in Fort Smith. Um, I I really do think I feel confident in Jalen Williams, and I also feel confident in KK, especially since we got Moses the other
0: day. Me too. Yeah, KK Robinson and Moses. I, I'm almost positive Arkansas is going to get Robinson. Uh, you know, out of Oak Hill, uh, he's he's definitely a great player. Sniper. He can shoot on the move. He can shoot standing still. So catch and shoot. He's playing. just
1: what's he going to be playing.
0: He's going to have to play the two. He's going to be a small two, though. So, offensively, he's going to play the two, but defensively, he's probably going to guard the one every time. Works. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: So, are we thinking thinking that Moses is going to be a three?
0: He's he's, he's going to be two and a three, I'd say. It really depends on – who stays and who all we get in recruiting. Hopefully, you know, we get all five of the in-state guys. But if not, uh, you know, there's also also the possibilities of uh, Keon Ambrose Hilton. Uh, You got Kyrie Walker still out there. Uh, Who knows about him, really? He hasn't given too much of an indication about what he's going to do, whether he goes pro or chooses between a few colleges. But. So, well, see. so
1: apparently we're gonna just keep on keep the keep the momentum going of not having a true point guard, just kind of rolling out two combo guards.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I'd say well, we have Devontae Davis coming in. He is a true point guard. That dude can pass the ball. Uh, uh, Devontae, better than yeah. <laughs> any Arkansas guy I've seen since Jabril Durham. Back when he was back here averaging like nine assists a game. Uh Devontae Davis can pass the ball. He can pass it when you don't think he can make the pass. You know, he's kind of a flashy guy as far as that goes. Uh, that That's a true point guard we'll have next year, but he'll probably be coming off the bench being a freshman.
2: Yeah, as far as our starting lineup concerns, um, there's not there's not really a clear picture if Isaiah Joe and Mason Jones are going to be staying. I highly doubt Isaiah Joe's going to stay, but as far as Mason Jones, he's had a pretty good year so far, and if he keeps it up, then I don't see him staying, uh, which would really suck because he would be a really good uh, senior presence on the team, for especially sure. with all these really good, young, dynamic kids uh, coming yeah.
0: in. Yeah, and I, I feel as if the, it's, it's leaning towards him staying, although if he does have a good season, if he uh, makes some all-SEC team, uh, you know, I don't, I just don't see him staying from that. You know, he's, he's already a junior. The longer you wait to get drafted, the lower you're going to get drafted. Yeah. And then, uh, I, you know, if he has an elite season, he's just not going to stay. Yeah. But if, if he doesn't, then he's going to, he's going to be a great senior presence. And I mean, he'll help us out a lot next year. And on top
2: of that, we're also losing Adriel Bailey and Jimmy Witt to, uh, been being That's seniors, so and Silla. Yeah, I yeah, Silla.
1: Don't forget too, though we have we have Note coming off next year too.
0: JD Note yes, for sure. People are sleeping on JD Note being on the team next year. He's uh, he's definitely a good player, for sure. I I, I they, don't know what exactly his role is going to be for us next year. Uh, whenever you take into consideration the freshmen and the returning players. I'm not exactly sure what his role is going to be. Uh,
1: I'm, I'm almost going to bet that he's going to be the primary pick-and-roll type player. going to, I think they're basically going to have him coming up off of screens and stuff like that all, a lot. So,
0: yeah. yeah, that wouldn't surprise me to see it. I, I'm just going to leave it to Mus to see what he's going to do with the minute distribution next year. Uh, who, who all is going to play a lot. Uh, I just I just can't see everybody on the roster next year, whether it be returning players or whether it be incoming players. I just do not see everybody playing.
1: Yeah, me
2: either. Well, I, I would expect, um, as far as offensively goes, to still have a really good offensive uh, presence just because of all the talent we have as far as offense goes between KK and Moses.
0: And, oh, I mean, if yeah. if we get KK, we you know I don't want to yeah, just assuming, say
2: assuming that we're getting KK, uh, we still will have this really big offensive presence. Even if we just have Devontae Davis and Moses Moody, like they're both incredible players that we that we got. So, and then, is- as, as far as defense, even if we're struggling in that, I know Eric can fix it because he definitely fixed it when he came to our uh, his his first year so far. Like it's been incredible. So. That's what I expect to see.
0: What were you gonna say, David?
1: I was gonna say, say though, I like I wouldn't be surprised to see like some of these guys transfer out like transfer out. Like the guys like Chaney or somebody like that that might lose their spot due to a difference in uh, scheme and not really scheme but like game plan with the way that what Mus is building with his uh, recruiting,
0: and yeah, it's really interesting in that regard because uh, you, you know there's a possibility that we'll have a uh, Keon Ambrose or uh, Jalen Williams coming in, and you know they're definitely more talented offensively than Reggie Cheney. Although Reggie is definitely a good player, he can improve more. Uh, it depends, really. I haven't we haven't seen him much really this year, so
1: we don't is know him, if he, he said- has. And Jalen Harris is a senior. This right, you're right, or is he a junior? Junior.
2: Who's going to be all our seniors next year?
0: Uh, seniors next year will be Mason Jones, Jalen Harris.
2: Okay, so assuming we might be losing half our seniors, that's not going to be. There won't be as big of a senior presence as there will be this year. Then again, there's only two this year, actually. But there's three. There's three still.
0: Bailey, Witt, and Scylla. So
2: Bailey, Witt, and, so Bailey and, and Witt definitely have more pre- presence than Scylla
0: does. He's still respected. He comes in there, does his work.
2: Oh for sure. I just feel like, you know, Jimmy and Adrio, they're just kinda there. I mean, they had a press conference together. So and Scylla wasn't there. But I mean Adrio's been on this team for since his freshman year and Silla, not Scylla hasn't, you know. And Jimmy came back. He was here his freshman year, and he came back uh, his senior year. To so me,
1: it, to me, out of everybody on this team, Adrio seems like the guy that's like, man, if you could just put it all together, like,
2: well, he was what Daniel Gafford was to us last year. I mean, he's, he's, our, just, he's our
0: energy and spark. He's just yeah. Hey, Adrio, it, it just seems like his freshman year, he showed a pool of talent. Man, yeah. you, you could just he, he can jump out of the roof, he can uh sky and get rebounds, he can go for loose balls, he can get steals. He had four steals the other night uh from the five position. Uh, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive to me. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, he's developing a jump shot. You'll have to respect his three at least a little bit this year. See, that's- that that sells bulls down
2: to like a coach that can develop his players. And I didn't think Mike Anderson could do it, but I definitely think that Eric Musselman can do it. Maybe. Cause, yeah, because, I mean, that, we could, we've could we already seen that this year. So,
1: I'm kind of, as a Mavs fan here, there's a guy that Adriel kind of could remind me of off of that team and that and, and Dorian Finney-Smith that used to play at Florida because they both kind of have that same kind of game. They can jump out of the gym. They they're really good like hustle players. They're really good like they're good defensively, but they are offensive side is just here here neither here nor ne- neither here nor there at times like yeah that's,
0: that's, kind that's kind definitely of, understandable. Kind of,
1: that that's that's kind of my where I'm at with with Adrio, as far as I'm concerned. Like like I said, it's that guy that could be. Really, really good if he put it all together at the same time, but I don't think we're ever going to see him put it together at the same time.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm hoping as we go out through this year. I mean, A. only shot four times the other night. He made three of them. Uh, The one shot he missed was a three ball, but he made one as well. Uh, If he can just get that jumper consistent to where he can nail that mid-range jumper consistently – uh, and where he can make even around, you know, 30, 30 percent of his threes, you know, at least make him respect it, spread the floor better.
2: Well, you we definitely saw him hit that three pointer against uh, North Texas. And that definitely opened up the game because after that, our offense started rolling. So uh, you can definitely see him start to develop that kind of, you know, shot. And maybe they'll get better by the end of the year.
0: We can only hope so. And, you know, I I have faith in Adrio. He's working hard, as is pretty much everybody else on this team. Uh, You know, you see Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe so much more athletic than they were coming in last year. Isaiah, you know, throwing down that just monster left-handed slam that just came out of nowhere. You know, nobody expected that.
2: Yeah, I was beyond confused whenever that happened. Uh, I was not expecting that. I thought it was going to be a reverse layup or something, but it it was a dunk, and I don't think I've ever seen him dunk before. So, especially not that hard with your left hand. So, but yeah, um, I feel like our team definitely has this togetherness and that definitely, uh, and the same mentality on things like, Things like this, like Adrio Bailey, the other night during his press conference, um, the uh, reporter was talking about how uh, North Texas lost or lost to VCU uh, by three, which is impressive. But um, anyways, he said, we're not VCU, we're Arkansas. And the reporter said VCU is ranked. And Adrio said, that's just a number. Like, you don't hear college players saying that, you don't. you know, they, they usually just don't comment on those kind of things because, you know, it's just kind of hot water. But AGO was like, we're Arkansas. We are our own thing. We're going to be whatever we want to be kind of mentality.
1: So I definitely, definitely a good thing. So what are we thinking score-wise for this game?
0: This next game, uh, I mean, I feel as if Montana is a team that kind of wants to control the ball. Uh, they're not going to just go out there and they're not going to just hold the ball for 25 seconds of the shot clock every single time they go down the court. But they're going to try not to get sped up. They're going to try not to go too fast. They, they do like scoring transition, as most teams do. Uh, they scored at least 64 points in both of their first two games. So uh, it's, it's not going to be a slow pace team, but they're not going to be a fast-paced team either. Like Arkansas, we just move the ball until we get a shot. Whether that's three seconds into the shot clock or whether that's 20 seconds into the shot clock, we're going to get what's there. And I think that's about what they're going to do too. They're not going to try to shoot it real fast, but they're not going to try to control the ball the entire shot clock either.
2: So we're looking at like a 60- to 70-point game.
0: I'm looking – I'm looking for them to score around 50 and Arkansas around 70 or 80. That makes sense. So we're depending on how we shoot the ball. Depending on how we shoot the ball.
2: Yeah, I figure we win uh, between 25, 30 points ish. Uh, That's what I personally think.
1: Predict for this game and then
0: come back to it the next pod. All right. So I'm going to predict Arkansas with a win. I'm going to say. 84 to 57. All right, David, you go first.
1: Uh, I think I'm going to go – I got that number in my head, so I'm going to go with it. Seventy-six fifty-one, Arkansas.
2: All right. I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to say 80 Arkansas, and then I'm probably going to say 64 uh, for Montana.
0: All right, so you expect to be a little bit closer than me and David do.
2: I could see it possibly happening. I also could see us winning by fifty, but I, I, that's just my mentality.
0: So, <laughs> well, I, I think that uh, I think that it really depends on Pridget. Pritchett. Uh, he is—he's yeah. easily their main source of offense. He's that—he's da- averaged twenty-three and a half a game. Uh, there, so he's averaging a third of their points. Uh, and must, must knows exactly who their first option is. Like he said, uh, if you have a couple days of practice, you'll be able to shut down maybe their first and second option. If you have a week, you might go all the way down to their fourth option. Uh, and with only having a couple days to practice for Montana, uh, he's going to narrow down their one and two options. And Bridget is definitely by far the number one option. So if we shut him down, I think Arkansas wins in a blowout.
1: The
2: yep, totally agree.
1: Just come away with the victory. Don't be like the football team.
0: Yeah, just get the victory. Go out there and play 100% the entire game. Don't underestimate the opponent. And I, I just want to see a complete game from Arkansas. I want to see – I want to see us shoot a good percentage from the three, at least about 35%, 36%. Uh, I want to see us – hold them to, you know, hopefully not many threes at all. Uh, they, they're not going to shoot a lot of threes. Montana isn't. So we're really going to have to focus on protecting the paint. I'm going to have a prediction. I'm I'm going to
2: say their main source of offense is definitely going to be shut down. Uh, I just don't see him doing anything this game. Uh, I, Cause they're going to, you know, pick that out pretty fast and they're definitely going to try and shut that down. So, I expect a big win from Arkansas uh, this week, so we'll just see what happens. Sounds good. All
0: right, who do y'all think the leading scorer is going to be of Arkansas, leading rebounder, and leading assister?
2: Uh I am going to go ahead and say that um, Isaiah Joe is going to have a really big game since he had a really quiet 16 points against North Texas i say Mason Jones is going to be really close, but he's going to have more rebounds than most people. But I could also see Adriel Bailey doing the same thing. Um, so I'm going to go with Adriel Bailey having more rebounds than Mason Jones, but Mason Jones being really close to him.
1: So What do you think, David? I'm going to say points. For points, I think we're going to get uh, – I'm going to be outside the box here. I'm going to say Desi leads the team in scoring. All right.
0: I like it. All right. I like I liked, I liked I liked that a lot. You know, uh, maybe outspeed him, get to the rim a lot. Yep. And he, he's due for a breakout game. He really is. He's kind of struggled offensively, especially outside the first couple games. So, I like that prediction. Then assist, as far as I think, points.
1: Assists, I think it'll be Mason. And rebounds, I'm going to say... I'll actually say Mason for rebounds, too.
2: All right. I didn't even say assist. I'm gonna go with Isaiah Jones
0: assist. All right. Uh, personally, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, kind of the stereotype as far as who's gonna do the best. I'm gonna say Jimmy Witt's gonna lead the team in rebounds. I'm gonna say you know I'm gonna you know, I'm gonna say Jimmy also leads in assist. I'm gonna say Jimmy That's leads us in rebounds and assists, and Mason is gonna lead us in scoring.
2: I could definitely see all of those being an option. Uh, so it's very to be determined, as I could say. So uh, with that, you all want to wrap up the podcast?
0: Yeah. We all right, rest- y'all. Final final thoughts. Go ahead and give a quote or something.
1: That Battle of the Ravine is down in Arkadelphia, Henderson State versus Washtenaw Baptist this weekend, too. So Indeed. If, you it, if you can make it down to Arkadelphia, you'll have a really good time because it's going to be a really good game.
2: Yeah. They've been talking smack all week on social media. All, all week. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is hilarious. Um, I, I am definitely ready for this, uh, this game on Saturday. Um, uh, definitely tune into it. Um, there'll be a lot of really good defense. I'm sure, uh, Probably high scoring game, definitely more than the North Texas game. <laughs> uh, and as far as um, our bye week in football, I just really hope we get some, you know, a lot of rest and a lot of, you know, good game plans right. to prepare for the
0: NFL. So.
1: That old boy, old boy Lenny better have him a whole lot of trick plays to run.
0: <laughs> oh yeah Yeah, trick plays haven't exactly worked for us too well this year though so but what you know. Has? yeah you're right rakeem boyd that's what has
2: Right. well whenever your punter's passing to the defense that's definitely <laughs> not the time you want to <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah just uh, don't don't ever ever run that game that play again i don't understand what in the world we were doing there but ah, uh, yeah anyway the one thing that's worth this year for the Razorbacks has been Rakeem Boyd touching the ball. Eight carries, 185 yards this uh, past Saturday. That was just, you
1: know, yeah. another
0: wasted performance by him. Just he, he's, he's just so electric with the ball, man. He can make people miss. He can outspeed them. He finds that hole and he hits it. Uh, you know, this it, has just kind of been a wasted year for a lot of people, and I feel bad for this team. Uh, so my final thought is I hope Barry Lenny can get them ready over the next couple weeks uh, to get ready for LSU. I uh, hope we play our best game of the year down there in Baton Rouge under the lights, uh, shut down Joe Burrow, shut down the short passing game, hopefully stop the run better than we have, and uh, hope we get out with a dub this uh, Saturday against Montana.
2: I'm going to leave uh, one very, very hopeful, very unrealistic thought that people are definitely going to think I'm crazy um, for. But let's say somehow, some way, God looks at us, and he's like, we're going to let you beat LSU this weekend. <laughs> um, Imagine what that would do to LSU.
1: <laughs> it it
2: that would be the would be funniest, the funniest thing. thing ever. Because we would kick them out of, con- like, them for, like, any kind of running for the championship. We our guys would feel incredible. Not to mention, we they just got off a high of beating Alabama. They're number one in the country. It would be the most the sweetest victory I think I would ever see as far as Arkansas against LSU, especially because of how low we are and how high they are. Absolutely. You know.
1: So, that might if something arguably, happens, that might argue. If that was to happen, that might arguably go into the top five biggest upsets we ever had
0: think I think, oh, it would be, I think sure. it'd be number one be number one, <laughs> honestly yeah. uh, that would that would rank even higher in my opinion than the Arkansas upset over LSU when they were number one uh, years back
2: because we actually had you know okay coaching at that point and, and we were yeah no, I we mean, had this
1: guy named Darren McFadden
0: yeah he was he was, he was pretty decent
2: <laughs> but you see we got this guy named uh, Rakeem Boyd. And they wear the same number, and sometimes they look the same to me. So
1: <laughs> I think let's. I think we can all agree on one thing: whoever gets that guy at the next level, no matter where they get him, they're getting getting an absolute steal because oh, he's gonna,
0: a diamond yeah. in the rough. I don't see sure, him being sure. any better than a fifth round pick, but his talent exceeds a fifth round pick so much. Some if he even has a, a decent offensive line even a decent offensive line in the NFL, he is going to be an, an elite running back. Yeah, he's
2: definitely going to be a very, very good running back.
0: You look at guys this year, we've had injury after injury on the offensive line. And then on top of that, I mean, just the run blocking, the pass blocking, it's all been terrible. But Rakeem somehow finds a way to average over 100 yards a game against SEC lines. And I, I just don't see how he's doing it.
1: I guess I'll add one yeah. more. I guess I'll add one more little tidbit on my end. People don't forget.
2: <laughs> uh, you're cutting out.
1: <laughs> Luke Luke Jones on the offensive line next year, we're yes. That he had to sit out. Yes,
0: that indeed, he's going to be a huge addition next year. Uh, he was a four-star offensive lineman out of Arkansas that originally went to Notre Dame. Didn't work out there after a year, transferred back here, sat out. Now he's going to play next year for us. Uh, our offensive line hopefully will be better. Hopefully we can get a great coach who can recruit the offensive line and coach him up. But that's another setback we have for our entire team. But we'll leave that for another podcast. Thank the probably 12 people who listen to this podcast for listening. Uh, this has been the Hog on the Hill podcast, and thank you for listening.